0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Should you believe everything you read on the internet? We're about to find out today on Soap Central Live.
2: What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the
0: daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars.
2: Now, here's Dan.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Dan Kroll
1: and welcome to another installment of Soap Central Live. It is Friday, April 11th, 2014. Thank you so much for joining me today for our hour of anything and everything soap. We have a really great show on tap for you today. And it has been pointed out to me, (coughs) Richard Sims, that I say that every week, but... Uh, I promise I will tell you if we ever have a so-so show planned. Absolutely promise. You'll be the first one to know. But in all seriousness, though, uh, we've been so fortunate to have some amazing guests over the past 225 weeks, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So you'll just have to put up with me saying that we have a really great show for you, at least until further notice now coming up in the second half of the show as a world turn star lauren b martin talks about her role in the new web series pride the series will also discuss another passion of mine which is music and just wait until you hear who she's had the opportunity to sing with i think it will uh, pretty much blow your mind so that'll be a fun interview coming up But in just a couple of moments, she's been on Passions and Days of Our Lives, and now Jade Harlow will be here to talk about the zaniness of daytime and also uh, for a little bit of serious discussion about respect and privacy. Uh, I've even whipped up a special game for her that I told her about before we came on air. She really doesn't know anything about it, and quite honestly, I'm not entirely sure that I do either. So we'll see how it plays out. But as always, I do want to make sure that you guys know that we value your input, uh, except if you hate the game. If you don't like the game, you may want to keep those tweets to yourself. But you can join in our live tweeting by following us at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live. If you have a comment or question, please feel free to share them with us. You can also go to our Facebook page at facebook.com/soapcentral and look for the on-air thread and ask your comments or make your uh, ask questions, make your comments there. Anything that you'd like, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to be poking around and reading what you have to say. So, with that the instruction part of the show. What do you say we get on to the fun part of the show? Because my first guest this week was originally scheduled to be here a couple of weeks back, but the universe conspired to keep us apart. But she's here now, and we're going to try our best to make up for some lost time. You know her as Jessica from the Camptastic Soap Passions, but Jade Harlow returned to daytime as a lush on Days of Our Lives. We'll talk about that. Uh, It's a hashtag. Uh, So before we get any more about that, let's just bring her in, Jade, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad that we were able to make everything work. As I say, everything turns out for a reason. So we have a lot of stuff to cover this week.
3: I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. It's been kind of a crazy week, right?
1: It kind of has. And speaking of things that are crazy, let me, as I take a sip of my water here, I do have to say that you were on the show before as part of the 19th anniversary surprise party. And I feel that today, Jade, will be my opportunity to pay you back for that. I don't
3: know if that's Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I don't, no. uh, <laughs> I, I don't
3: I know. I don't know what that means. Is that good or bad? That could be, that sure. could be, I'm going to pay you back.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't like surprise. I, I thank you so much. And in all honesty, it's, it's still overwhelming. I try not to think about it. I really appreciate that people wanted to take time out of their day to celebrate 19 years of a website. But because I don't like surprises, I figured this game that's coming up later in this half hour <laughs> will be a lot of fun for me to sort of get back at everybody as well. Yeah. Uh So we'll have, but we have, the first thing we have to do whenever somebody comes on the show is we have to do a a getting to know them. And I find that one of the the best things to do is sort of a rapid fire round of questions. So if you're ready, we're going to get to know you. First question, cookies or cake? Uh, cookies. Do you have a favorite type of cookie?
3: Mrs. Fields of Frosting, chocolate chip, milk, chocolate chip.
1: I like that. Uh, oatmeal raisin are, are also on the top of my list. They make me think that since there's raisins in them, it might be considered a fruit and or vegetable. It might, be healthy. Vegetable. <laughs> it, might. Right.
3: it might. a healthy <laughs> the, cookie. It has a raisin.
1: <laughs> it kind of is. That's as close <laughs> to a vegetable as I think that I get. So, uh, <laughs> Moving away from cookies, I'm sure that they will have them there, but is there some place that you've always wanted to visit but haven't yet had a chance to go? Oh,
3: my God. There's a million places. One place I would, I've always wanted to visit, but I fear it will never be safe again in my lifetime is Egypt. Hmm. Um, but I mean, everywhere I've never been to Europe before. Um, so all over Europe and, and ah, like no, it's funny that you, pretty much it's everywhere funny that you I've been to that. Canada. I've been to Mexico. I've been all over the U S um, but that's pretty much the extent of it.
1: No, there's a lot. I'm with you. There's a lot of places that I would think that would be nice to go to, whether it's for historical or or just for, for relaxation. But, you know, Egypt is on the list. I think that certainly from a, a historic perspective, a lot of the places in the Middle East would be interesting to go to. But you're right. You know, you, you do think in your mind are these places that would be safe to go there. So, I mean, I, I weigh those as well.
3: Yeah. And as a woman right now, I, I don't think it. it... Good timing for any woman to really <laughs> go to Egypt without security, and you know, especially you know an American.
1: But there are places, but, of course, for everyone. There are places that we can go without you know having to think about of them. Although, yeah, no. Sometimes I mean, going to my been kitchen, anywhere?
3: Yeah, everything sounds exciting. Ireland, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan so i would love to go down to new zealand and you know stay in the hobbit huts
1: and all that <laughs> nerdiness stay in the hobbit huts we'll have to come back to that and talk to that so now let's let's go for something completely slightly different if you were not an actress is there another job that you think that you would love to do um
3: what i've done And and gotten into, as far as producing, I I like, I enjoy.
1: How much, you know, we think about it, there are a lot of people who've gone from acting into things that are behind the camera. Is it really as seamless of a transition? I I would imagine knowing what goes on in front of the camera, being the actor, really does help you, but is it a completely different world, stepping behind the camera?
3: It's a completely different world, you know... I mean, yes. What we do as actors is—it's work. It's hard work, but it is laziness compared to producing. Like it's—you know—your job is as an actor. It's very small. (laughs) You know, as a producer, you're there months before the project in development and pre-production. You're the first person there in the day, or one of the last people to leave, and and then you're there after you wrap on set. You know, the actors get to go home and and wait for it to get cut together and then just magically appear and then they do press for it where the producers, you know, they're married to a project for like minimum a year, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it, it, it is. I think too, a lot of times fans, I will include myself into this, whether it be on television or film, it's so easy to watch a finished project and maybe say, oh, well, this should have been done or that should have been done. You have to keep in mind that a lot of times things are done for a reason, and, and it's much easier to uh, you know sort of offer those opinions when you're not involved in the project. But I guess that's with anything. I mean, that's Monday mon- uh, morning quarterbacking and backseat driving. Uh, I, I yeah. guess that's that's pretty much par for the course. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we've sort of gotten to know, we've got cookies, we've got Mrs. Fields' cookies, she should send you a platter of cookies, we've got Egypt slash Europe, and we now have behind the camera. So let's go and find out how you got to be on camera, because there are so many people who are fans of you, Jade Harlow. Oh, thank you. was acting always on your radar? Was, you know, acting, so, I mean, from an early age, you knew that's what it was going to be?
3: The only thing I ever wanted to do, I've never wanted to
1: do anything else, and um, and I stuck with it. It's funny. Uh, you know, people ask me. Uh, I had always wanted to be, I'm talking from probably the time that I could speak, I thought that I would always be a doctor, uh, and I had planned to be a doctor. It just, you know, things happen. So it's always fascinating for me to see people who've always had a passion that, they've sort of stuck with it, that they weren't detoured or, or didn't get, uh, you know, uh, disillusioned or just didn't decide, hey, you know what, I also like to do something else. So we're talking be-all and end-all from the beginning. Nothing yeah. nothing could have swayed no. you. No. All right. Wow. So what was your first ever acting role?
3: Oh, God. <laughs> well, I um, started doing community theater uh, really, really early, and um, we did a production of Alice in Wonderland and Alice, there were three Alices because they were trying to stick with like the hallucinogenic Alice changing sizes when she (laughs) eats the mushroom or something like that. You know what I mean? All right. So I was regular Alice, um, (laughs) you know, regular size Alice (laughs) in a a production, uh, of Alice in Wonderland was like the first thing I ever did. And, um, I grew up blonde. I didn't go dark until, um, Till passions, well, till Third Rock happened, I, I went red for Third Rock and then black for Passions. But I was blonde
1: up until I was sixteen. Wow! Oh, see, these are the, the just little nuggets. I mean, they seem like nothing, <laughs> but these are little weird things that we we like to talk about. So you were medium, reg- or I'm sorry, you were regular sized, Alice. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah. How much taller? I mean, did they have like a six foot tall adult playing big size yeah, Alice? Is-
3: this is, you know, children's community theater. Like, when I say I started young, I started young. And so, like, Little Alice was, like, five or six, and Big Alice was, like, 17, and I was 11.
1: Okay. Yeah. So. That's actually, that's, that's you know, nowadays we take for granted that there are going to be special effects that we don't think that uh, you would ever need to have three different sized actresses, but...
3: Well, I in like theater, it. you know, you don't in have theater, the you have to. Or- yeah, you got to...
1: Hire three people. <laughs> I like this. Sometimes I think I want to hire three people to help me help me get through the week. Just in general, I hear you. <laughs> so, the, the special effects and the three people that actually provides a perfect segue to talking about everyone's favorite crazy soap that people still will stop me and, and ask me about whether it's at the bank or the grocery store, and they know who you know what it is that I do. It is, of course, passions. Jade, for someone who doesn't know what Passions was, how would you describe it to them?
3: Passions was a TV show that was ahead of its time. Uh, It was a sci-fi soap, is how I best describe it. And um, essentially, it had supernatural elements like Dark Shadows. Um, Some of your older listeners will know what Dark Shadows is. Not the movie, but the soap, the iconic soap. Um, And then it had some of your classic soap storylines, like A Love Triangle and A Love Child, things as such. And Passions took a combination of those two things and had them crash together in the town that was uh, Harmony.
1: I mean, there's so much stuff that was going on. From, um, we had Travis Winfrey of Single Ladies on here a couple of weeks back, and his first professional acting gig was on Passions, where his character was drunk at a bar and tried to pick up a mermaid. I mean, a mermaid. <laughs> he had witches yeah, have- and living dolls. Yeah. and Yeah, witches
3: and living dolls. I mean, when I was there, um, the three years that I was there, I want to say was the peak of oddity. It is when we were doing a lot of green screen work and stunt work. And, you know, we took off of everything from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds to Amityville Horror to Poltergeist to, you know, The Exorcist. It just, there were elements of every great classic horror film kind of smashed in between this typical soap storylines. It's a blast to do, though.
1: Were you there? I mean, every, this is the one thing that is sort of like the timeline. Were you there when the orangutan played the nurse? I can't remember.
3: That was towards the tail end okay. where, where Kelly McCarty was working with the monkey.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was for the, the tail end of my, my situation.
1: That just, I, I don't, there's just something about that that tickles me. And, you know, when we're talking about passions, we're talking about a time for, for the kids out there who are listening. Uh, this was before Twitter. This was before the internet was... <laughs> before camera was re- <laughs> <phones>. <laughs> It was before the selfie. It was before a whole bunch of stuff. And it means it was probably, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jade, it was also before there were really a lot of those smushed names that people like to give characters.
3: Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't really familiar with any of that stuff that was there, but I know that, that some people had taken to calling uh, Sheridan and Luis Chouise, That's right. Which we all were just kind of like, really? That's attractive.
1: (laughs) Okay, so now you're giving them a hard time about Shoeys, But fast forward a couple of years, and now you have a smush name all of your own. You are a lush. Lush. I'm a lush. I kind of like this.
3: Oh, I love it. First of all, having a smush name, being a part of something with a smush name, I mean, it's kind of like, it's awesome. And then having a smush name as cool as Lush is like <laughs> hitting hitting the lottery of smush names. So I would love to find the person who was the brainchild behind the creation of Lush and just shake their hand and give them a pat on the back because, damn it, it's brilliant. You know, it's For- sexy and fresh and simple.
1: It is so. If you were one of the folks out there who was drunk on Lush, you can uh, send us a tweet. Make sure you send it to Jade and to Subcentral, and we will, you know, we'll thank you publicly for coming up with for the wonderful hashtag. But uh, you know, in order to come up with a hashtag and make the Smush name, it has to be a couple that really resonates with the audience. The soap fans aren't going to you know, waste their time on a couple that they, they don't feel invested. And it seems that you know a lot of the audience, a lot of the Days of Our Lives viewers have really, really taken to Cheryl and Lucas.
3: It, it seems that way, um, or it seemed that way, uh, which is such an honor because... You know, Brian Detillo and, and, and his character of Lucas Horton, that's a, that's a legacy character, you know. And uh, I know how impactful uh, his relationship was with Sammy. And I know that how, you know, uh, dedicated the Looney fans are. So um, to have any level of acceptance be coming into a situation where they're rooting for, some, for this iconic love story to have a happily ever after. And have any level of acceptance or encouragement or support from the Lumi fans is completely overwhelming and, and means the world to me.
1: It has been reported. I'm you know, you're on the internet, you're on Twitter, I'm sure that you know this. There were reports on the Internet that you were leaving days of our lives, that you were no longer there. There were a whole bunch of things that were, were put out there. Uh, some of your tweets that you were making around the same time these reports came out were really analyzed and dissected to see exactly, you know, what is she saying? Is she giving any hidden codes? So I, mean, I, I think it's important in any situation to allow someone to set the record straight, to give their, their truth in the matter. So I guess the, the question would be, what mm-hmm. is your status with Days of Our Lives?
3: Um, well, uh, I guess reoccurring is, doesn't have an ending. I'm assuming. I have no idea. Uh, my status at Days of Our Lives is that uh, I am not currently filming, and, um, and I hope that that changes, and, uh, and I have... No, I know, the, at this point, the audience knows as much as I do. I really am not sitting on some big secret, you know, and if I was, I'd be teasing the crap out of it, but, <laughs> um, but I, you know, the audience knows as much as I do at this point.
0: You know,
1: when you make any sort of social media post, it's out there for the world to see, and certainly anything that you, can, that you say can either be used in context or out of context, Right. has this situation, has this made you more aware of what you're tweeting? Do you become cautious of putting something out there for fear that people will look at something where you may not even be talking about days of our lives, but another yeah. project and, and people are now.
3: Happened. Oh okay. yes, And it's happened. It, you know, it happened. Like I hate to say this, but you know, um, one of the, one of the magazines, I don't know which one at the moment, um, had pulled stuff from my Twitter I commented one man's trash is another man's treasure and this could be applied to numerous situations and someone from a soap outlet applied that to my exit which makes me sound really pompous and that was actually in reference to my own personal love life (laughs) which is now even more embarrassing because I have to like admit to what it really was about and I, I would prefer you know some kind of mystery when it comes to things that I'm tweeting that are vague and it could be applied to anything. It could be applied to a job. It could be applied to a relationship. It could be applied to a friendship. Um, it could be applied to something you treasured that you bought at a damn yard sale, you know, for that matter. Um, so you try to be as cautious as you can, but at the same time, people are going to interpret whatever it is that you say their own way. And, um, and you can't help that. You can try to prevent it from being misunderstood, but, you know, but the thing is, is I'm here. Like, a lot of people and, and some of the fans know, you can reach out and touch me. I'm very active on Twitter. I handle my own Twitter account. I handle my own Facebook account. So if there's any you know, any clarity that, that is being sought, you can just reach out and touch me and ask me, and I'll be, you know, as honest as possible about it. If I can't say, I'll say, oh, I can't say, but, you know. Um, so there's that, and then I know that uh, the deal memo situation made it seem like oh well she chose to leave Days and you know it must be because of X, Y, and Z. I, I played no part in that decision um, as far as Days goes it's not in my hands at all um, essentially and, and what a lot of people don't know is something that I've been doing on the side of acting is um, I've been script doctoring and writing and ghost writing for a while and so that was actually pertaining to a, a writing gig <laughs> that I was asked to do. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. People are going to interpret whatever you say and try to apply it to what, what's on their mind and, and think they've, you know, got a ringer there. But, um, you know, sometimes it is the case, sometimes it's not the case.
1: But is it fair? I mean, is it I, fair you know, because you're a public figure that, you know, this just sort of makes you susceptible to this?
3: You know, I can't say it's fair or unfair. Um, I think that, you know, anybody, Twitter is public. So if you say something and it upsets people or it ruffles feathers or whatever, and you get ridiculed for it, I mean, is that more fair for you than it is for me? Or is that more fair for your friends? Like, you know, none of it's right, but it is what it is. And as far as sacrificing privacy as a public figure, I mean, you know, I, I feel like I protect my privacy as, as much as one can and not be, you know, a recluse. And, um, you know, I'm not ashamed of how I've conducted myself in social media and I wouldn't, you know, get drunk and decide to tweet. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you have to, you have to, you, you have some responsibility. And if you are a public figure and you are a part of social media, you know, never ever for a second think that anything you say is, is private. You know, I know people can see conversations going on between me and my friend, Lily, and we're both public figures. And, and so we just have to be, you know, more aware of that because there are listening eyes and ears. And, and, you know, I I forget that a lot. I forget how public social media really is. And I've made mistakes, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm, I'm, here's what it, I'm to the point in my life, I'm to the age where it's like, I'm okay with me. You know, I went oh, yeah. through a long time of not being okay with me, and now I'm I'm okay with me. So if somebody's not okay with me or if somebody doesn't like what I said, that's, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to stop being who I am. I like who I am. I
1: like who you are, too.
3: Thanks, Dan. I like who you are, too.
1: <laughs> well, thanks. Now, as I say all of that, you know, people are... Uh, it's funny to watch the Twitter feed. People love the insanity that shows up on this show, but they also really do appreciate the serious conversations that we have. And we do like to have a lot of these discussions because these uh, things about, you know, social media, things about privacy, things about celebrity, they are things that everyone's talking about. And I think that they have a place in the discussion. So certainly thank you for being open enough to talk about all of that.
3: Thank you for, for bringing it up. You know, um, it's, it's a strange situation to be in, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you asked for it, you asked for your private life to be public, you asked for, you know, if you're on TV, then it's okay to talk about your weight, it's okay to talk about what you wore, it's okay to just ridicule you. I don't think that's really okay to do for anybody, whether they're a public figure or not a public figure, you know, it's a matter of, I don't think you'd want someone to do that to you, and not to like preach the golden rule, but that's how I conduct myself, and I like to think most people try to conduct themselves the same way, and for those that don't, you know, that's how, they, that's how they choose to conduct themselves. And I can't be everybody's keeper or tell them how to live their life or that they're wrong or, or anything like that. They're doing them, and I'm doing me, you know?
1: I can't be everyone's keeper as well, as much as I try, but I can, Jade. I can be the keeper of the Soap Central Live Game, And I'm watching the clock and making sure that we have enough time here. This game was inspired, oddly enough, by one of my countdowns on SiriusXM that I listen to every weekend. And they played the song by Madonna called Vogue. And you may know that in there, there is a lyric that says, Harlow. Yes. So... I was wondering... Gene
3: Kelly, Harlow, Jean, Picture of Beauty Queen.
1: Aha. Jean Kelly, Jean.
3: Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, Dance
1: On Air, yeah. uh, but, but, but Don't get ahead of the game! Can you name all of them? Can you name all of the people who are named in that passage of Vogue, starting from the very beginning of it?
3: Um,
1: you got the, the middle <laughs> part. You were. I did? You oh, did.
3: Lord, um, now that I, I, I kept going... I remember, but I stopped. So now I gotta I'll figure this out. Um, word word is broken. Um, let's see.
2: Uh, how's it go?
3: Let's we'll start from the Harlow part. Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, Dance on Air. Um, oh, they had. Oh, oh, I know what I'm missing. They had style. They had grace. Rita Hayworth gave good face. Marlon Brando, Lana too. Betty Davis. We love you. Did I nail it?
1: Is that all of them? Close. We have a clip. Let's take a listen to the clip.
3: Okay. Like a third of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you had the you had the middle third, and then you I, had. Uh, yeah, Rita I missed two and,
3: thirds and went to three thirds and missed the whole first third.
1: <laughs> you you threw Marlon Brand to him where he didn't. But that was I mean that's pretty good without having to be able to sit there and sing the whole song. You know that's that's fairly impressive. Thank you. It's
3: kind of like trying to say the alphabet without singing it, or jumping in the middle of the alphabet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, no, it's like the you know what comes after r. Oh crap. T U V W. Yes, it's it's well
2: for,
1: for folks out there, you don't have to sing the alphabet. We I'm looking we have about 3 minutes unfortunately left. I'm looking to see all of the other things that I wanted to talk about. Uh we certainly have to uh promote the fact that the Bay is returning on May 1st. I know that you don't yes. have a whole lot that you're allowed to tease because Gregory will, will come over here and, and track me down, but uh, what can you tease or what can you tell people about why they should tune in to the next chapter of The Bay?
3: Series of the bay? Um, well, yeah, now that um, you can't see me on Days for a, a while, at least, uh, you can check me out on uh, The Bay of the Series at thebaytheseries.com, where I play Leanna Ramos. We are going into our next installment um, where my character is the worst case scenario of somebody's life falling apart and continuing to fall apart. And uh, I, I get to do some great scene work with Matt Ashford. A lot of the fans know him. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, we're going to continue falling down the rabbit hole with Leanna and see her get into all kinds of mischief in over her head. And then aside from the bay, um, I just got cast as Christine in a film called On the Horizon, done by the very talented filmmaker Pascal Payant. Uh, who's a very good friend of mine and um, looking forward to uh, going into that shoot sometime in the fall.
1: It's interesting you mentioned falling down the rabbit hole and you started off your career playing in Alice in Wonderland. It's a great sort of uh, full circle moment. Jade I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with me today. You are welcome to come back anytime that you would like.
3: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good
1: day. You there may or may not be food. There may or may not be more games. If you guys stay tuned, there will be more of Soap Central Live. I can guarantee you that. We will be back on the other side of this commercial break with Lauren B. Martin. Stay tuned. We'll be right
4: back.
0: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com hey soap fans are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series for 15 years soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com every day soapcentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, soapcentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey everybody, welcome
1: back to Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll. Thank you for keeping tuned here for the second half of our show. For those of you who listen each and every week, you'll know that sometimes we have to reschedule guests because we are a live broadcast and sometimes things come up and our guests aren't able to be with us live as we expected. A lot of times we'll reschedule them for a time that's convenient with them, but every now and again we have to do a pre-recorded show to get the folks into the show in a timely manner, but the only drawback is, of course, that we can't take your calls and your questions because it's a pre-recorded show. However, there are also times where I squirrel away interviews waiting for just the right time to use them, and that's the case with one of the interviews that I'd like to share with you this week. I talked to Lauren B. Martin, who you may remember from As the World Turns, a couple of months ago, and we talked about her involvement in the web series, Pride, the series. And this is a timely interview now because Pride is having its... Red carpet premiere in New York in just a couple of days, and I can say that I am fortunate enough to have been asked to be a part of it. I'll be doing interviews along the red carpet. But that aside, the interview's not about me. It's about Lauren. And I had the opportunity to learn a couple of things about her that I didn't know, but maybe they're things that you knew. I still find them interesting, including some of the people that she's had the opportunity to sing with. She talks about that, she talks about another new series that she's working working on and a whole bunch of other surprises. So here is my interview with As the World Turns vet Lauren B Martin talking about pride.
2: Hey Dan, it's Lauren
4: B Martin. How are you? I am wonderful, Lauren. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's
2: good to not hear
4: you. it's not cold. So this has got to be a good thing, right? <laughs>
2: Well, it's not it's not freezing. I don't say I won't say it's um it's tropical weather, but it's least it's not freezing, so it's good.
4: Uh, let me tell you, I'm I'm anything below seventy is cold usually to me. But I'll tell you what, today is sort of like s- uh, spring fever here. I'm I'm going crazy. I'm loving the fact that uh, well, it's not cold.
2: Excellent, excellent. Well, you know this actually was really funny. There's actually some folks. Uh, Already putting the shorts on, of which course. I think is a little, it's a little premature, but, but God bless them. God bless the, question,
4: the question is, have you seen flip-flops?
2: I have not seen flip-flops okay. yet. Right. Um, although, you know, there are some nail salons in the neighborhood, so that might be... Uh, well, I'm, I, I'm
4: <laughs> by choice. When the shorts and the flip-flops come out, then you know it's, it's a sign of, of warmth or just crazy people.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Both, both of which in New York City are
4: just fine. So. And <laughs> Philadelphia. So I'm, I'm completely understanding of that. I, I was doing a couple of, of bits of research here. And first, thank you for taking time to talk out, uh, talk to me today. And then second. This is the first time that we've ever spoken in the history of of Earth. So, that's oh my
2: goodness, <laughs> I just well, this is celebratory, fantastic. Thanks. I wish uh, I'm just drinking tea because my throat's sore from from singing earlier today. But uh, I, I wish we could be toasting. So. I'll
4: uh, I've got some water here. I'll I'll toast along and. Uh, <laughs> the, the singing thing makes a, a good sort of segue to typically the first time I talk to someone, I ask the, the general questions of when were you bit by the acting bug and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. However, if the Internet is to believe, be believed, and I have no reason right now to think that it's not, I was doing a little poking around and found that you have a singing career and you've mm-hmm. opened for Tony, Tony, Tony and, and Vogue. And this I find amazing.
2: Well, you know, it was really funny. Um, uh, back in my in my in my young my young youth, as they say, um, <laughs> I got discovered actually by um, one of the uh, songwriters for the New Kids on the Block, and so um, he sort of dared me and had come up to me and said. Uh, you look like you could sing, but I wonder if you could sing. And of course, being a, a sprightly, punky kid, um, uh, and I could sing. My mother was a singer. I grew up with music. Um, and he was, uh, pleasantly surprised. And so, I had a great opportunity as a, as a teenager and young adult to, uh, record out of Boston and actually record some of, um, Donna Summer's throwaway songs, as we would say, songs that didn't make it on her projects. um, and, you know, Donna, uh, God bless her soul, being an idol of mine, someone I truly look up to uh, and still do, um, I was, you know, just head over heels the fact that, you know, something that she even might have considered for five minutes, they would let me actually play the studio. So, um, but I did a bunch of radio tours as a background singer, and so with that, Um, you know, when you do radio tours, uh, you get to open up for a bunch of people and uh and jam with them sometimes. So working uh getting to open up for uh Celine Dion, I remember back in the day before she even spoke English. Um so a lot of really cool people and um you know, and on occasion I I still still get behind the microphone today. So
4: I am someone who has never met a late 80s, early 90s R&B song that they (laughs) didn't love. So, is there any particular song, or maybe we can make it even easier, an album or a group or whatever, that for you is the definitive early 90s, sort of in that, that general range of, of classic R&B. I mean, I was listening the other day, and uh-huh. H-Town came on. Oh, and,
2: uh, and yeah, yeah.
4: I, so, you know, like little random things. You're like, oh, my God, I, I remember that. You know, I remember when people were right, right. wearing very v- vibrant uh, por- uh, uh, fluorescent colors and all sorts of other things. So I'm going to put you right. on the spot. Are there any, any oh, sort of songs or albums that stand out <laughs> for you in that period?
2: You know, I can't. I can honestly can't say just one because there's so many. But um, it was very funny. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Stevie Wonder to me is, is everything and anything. So you know, of, he's always my go-to. But um, if anybody remembers uh, the group Guy, yes, um, Guy was. Some of their harmonies were really fantastic and kind of almost gospel-driven. But I really Guy, I loved. Um, uh, Kathy Dennis has um, a song, Touch Me Baby, that um, my friends are saying, Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam. I mean, you know, and Tume, all those all those are hanging on all day, but um, dating my age as well.
4: No, <laughs> not at all. I just posted the other day, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to some songs that have come on random, and moved to This by Kathy Dennis was yeah. a really underrated CD to me. I think like every song on there could have been a single. And of course, now that I am uh, of a certain age as well, yes, the yeah. kids on the Twitter machine are like, who? I'm like, uh, yeah. she yeah. writes music sometimes now for Kelly Clarkson or Pink and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, we love which, Pink. Which
2: is awesome. Which is awesome. I mean, um, but I mean, she was really innovative even in even in her dance moves. You know, I still remember the kind of like neck and hand gestures she used to do. Um, but yeah, all that music still still makes me smile, and um, I am made fun of by many people because I actually still have um, CDs and albums.
4: So. Do you have any CD singles? Do you have any of the original, really, really, really tiny CD singles?
2: Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I, I do, and they're and it's really really funny because. Some old DJ, you know, DJ friends are always like, well, "When are you gonna sell that stuff?" And and I, you know, I have nothing to play play these on, and my pets jump on top of my my little ghetto box CD player, and everything skips. But for some reason, it's just I I like looking at the the liner notes, and I yeah. like looking at the uh, the covers, so.
4: It's always nice. I say this to uh, doctors, I say this to everyone, but it's nice when someone who you know as a professional says something that justifies either your existence or something that you do. (laughs) I feel the same exact way, so thank you for justifying my existence.
2: (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, I'm sure there are many, many, many things to justify your existence, but I'm glad to be a small drop in that bucket today.
4: (laughs) There are several, and some of them have to do with soaps. I've been Doing this for 19 years now, so there are occasionally some things that pop up that surprise me. And you are involved in one of those. Uh, Looking up the character profile for Camille on As the World Turns, I discovered an oddity. She has no crimes listed. Over three years in Oakdale, <laughs> and I could not find a single crime that she had committed. Is this true, or have you paid someone to expunge the record?
2: <laughs> no, you know what? Camille was a church going, um, you know, it's a choir singing gal. Um, God bless her. She, you know, did have a, a premarital affair. However, you know, not to, not to justify it. However, she just had a mastectomy and, uh, was feeling, was being comforted by her dear friend. So, I guess, I mean, I, she was a good girl. She was a good girl. And, and, uh, you know, all, all joking aside, um wearing such a, um uh, an important role and certainly myself learning so much about breast cancer and getting the, the honor and the um, the privilege to utilize that um, time on the show to um, not only educate myself but take take the education that I uh was playing and learning at the same time and have an ability to go and uh, speak at Race for the Cure and, and several different organizations to promote awareness of certainly with breast cancer, which is uh, uh I've lost too many friends to already. And this is the Pride series is actually the second uh, second cancer patient I have played. Um, so it's uh it's an interesting parallel. Yeah.
4: Well let's moving into talking about Pride. How did you become aware of the project and what was it about Pride that made you want to be a part of it?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, um, I initially met uh Brandon, one of the Brandon Polanco, one of the creators, um, and director uh on the Empire web series actually. Mm-hmm. And um where a bunch of us uh old so Gals and guys were working together and having a great time. And um, Brandon had brought me on to uh, another film he was working on uh, called Passing By, which actually should be coming out soon. And then kept saying, you know, I've, I've you know, I've got he and Jarrell, another one of the creatives, he's saying, I think we've got something for you. We're creating something for you. And um, starly impressed by these young men and the whole team, just at their energy. Um, at their honesty and at the uh, the message uh, of unity, really, that they're that they're trying to put out there. And so, I guess uh, you know, when they approached me with this with this role, it it seemed uh, not only fitting by the way that the, the relationship that was burgeoning between me and, and, and these guys, uh, but uh, was certainly fitting that I would be a mother role. So, yeah.
4: For web series, it seems that a lot of folks who have had experience in soaps are becoming pioneers in web series. I mean, they've been around Mm -hmm. for a while now. But there seems to be, at least for me, and correct me if I'm wrong, there seems to be a lot more of the ability to tell the types of stories in web series that maybe soaps wish they could but can't due to, you know, various restrictions.
2: Absolutely. I think that, you know, I mean... um as we saw, what what, uh, what wonderful things had had happened with, for instance, HBO and Showtime being able to take some liberties with the the format of um, of a primetime show, and you know, not saying that you cannot be creative without. Um, curse words or nudity or what have you, but give me, give me a leeway for the subject matter to be a little bit more uh, urban, a little bit more realistic, you know, um, to really dig down into things. And even getting upon the opportunity to be part of um, Empire, the first web series that I was even aware of, I went and I did my research and saw it so much was out there um, and getting to be a part of the independent Film awards and, and nominated last year. I had no idea how many, how much wonderful television is out there and how many really tremendous actors and writers and really courageous people are putting um, weekly, weekly episodes out and, and doing some pretty uh, amazing work. So yeah. Uh, all the kids are doing it, I guess, <laughs> it is the new wave of, uh, of television, and, and I feel pretty hip to, uh, to be on the bandwagon. So.
4: Typically, Lauren, I have to say that in the course of an interview, if I would say to someone, you are not special, they would probably either <laughs> hang up on me or <laughs> slap me, and that would be the end of my career. But. <laughs> For you, because you're laughing, that obviously means it's safe to say this to you. You are not yeah. special. <laughs> for folks who are listening, why are we chuckling about You Are Not Special? What does that mean to you?
2: Okay, well, thank you for bringing that up. So, You Are Not Special is a film um, that I co-wrote, directed, and started, and has uh, been certainly a, a passion project and a labor of love. Um, the essay "You Are Not Special" was written by a writer, Kara Yonker, and um, I met with uh, Ms. Yonker and had heard a couple of her essays and really loved her vernacular. And uh, happened to pick this one up off of her desk and really liked the message and got it, really got it, and thought like, "Wow, this is uh, this is forty something, thirty something." Women in New York City, uh, trying to date, living in a, in a, in an environment that is so over the top and everyone is thinner and younger and prettier and wealthier and, and why are we here? What, what makes us even be one of the cool kids anymore when it's not even cool to be cool anymore, you know? So, how does that work and how does that work in a dating element where you once were something, you know, um, and where where does that leave you now? And, and dating gets harder as we get older because we have more baggage and uh, we just hope that we at least put a name tag on it, you know, at least claim it to be <laughs> yours. So, this opportunity to um, write this project, it started off as a short film and I, you know, we were so blessed to get to write for Friends and Get you right for some really tremendous um, comedians. Brian Scott McFadden, who was just in um, the Walter Mitty movie. Uh, he's been on Fallon and Ferguson and Leno and um, Mark DiMeo, who has got a great one-man show. He's been on tour with Jamie Foxx and White Boys in the Hood. Sarah Greenbaum, who is an up-and-coming, hysterical, obviously very Jewish um, comedian. And... Um, and to put all these great funny people together, uh, the story just grew and actors came out and favors that um, I, I can only be, you know, just be so incredibly grateful for that people believed in and, and me and us and, and our DP and this project. And so we shot the stone, 28 locations, 26 actors, no budget, um Raised a little bit of money, and I get to uh, to start editing with this fantastically wonderful person. Um, the first week of March, and we're hoping to enter. We're hoping to make our deadline for our first film festival, June fifteenth. So keep. Posted, but like us on Facebook. Uh, and again, you are not special is the name of the film. And uh, I hope that all these actors that donated their time and musicians and designers, uh, they were really tremendous, and their work deserves to be seen. So I, I hope that uh, the edit will be great, and uh, I won't be hiding under a rock. <laughs> it's hard, man, when it's all on you. You know, yes. you kind of just hold your breath and go, huh? Oh, you know, um, but. It was a great process. It was a really frightening process. Um, I can imagine it's sort of giving birth, so to speak. And, you know, now that I'm at that point in my life where I'm trying to be a mom, uh, I guess that's what that feels like metaphorically.
4: Well, since we're speaking in metaphors, there is something that was on the Indiegogo campaign for You Are Not Special that Mm -hmm. said you're at your funniest when you're in pain
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs>
4: what exactly are, are? I mean, most people when they're in pain, it's, it was a, a tattoo session, is what it mentioned for the the campaign. You know, people want to punch yes, people yeah. or curse, or you certainly we yeah. see in soaps when someone's giving birth. You know, they they're telling people that they hate them and whatever. But you're funny. You're making jokes when you're in pain.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, and it it's a it's a bad habit, and I'll tell you how I like that because. Um, uh, I actually um, ended up in the hospital during the filming of this, only, um, this, this oh, no. movie. And um, uh, the, the running joke, or, or not so funny to the people who love me, is when my nervousness kicks in when I'm in pain. And I guess that constant performer, which is, you know, whatever, we can therapize on that all day, but um, <laughs> makes jokes to take, to take the, 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 the stress level off. And um, it's not helpful, which I got yelled at by my dear friends uh when doctors are trying to <laughs> trying to crack jokes. Uh, because people don't believe that you're actually the pain that you're in. So I'm learning not to do that and not to that's a nervous tick of mine, but a lot of funny people have that. So I guess I'm I'm not original.
4: <laughs> well you've been laughing during the interview so hopefully this wasn't painful for you
2: no no <laughs> no no no, yeah, no no,
4: good well I want to let you rest your voice go back to your tea and thank you for mm-hmm. making some time for me and you know when we start getting to film festivals or if there's uh, other developments please feel free to reach out and we can you know bring folks the latest and the greatest and you are not special and you we can uh, you know do interviews we can do whatever you'd like
2: Thank you. I would love that. I would love. We have a new project coming up with some great actors as well, uh, called Donnelly Saunders. Take a look out for it as well. Um, but most importantly, the Pride Guys. I can't wait for everyone to to see this series. I hope that it touches everyone. Um, I'm truly, truly, truly genuinely proud of of, uh, of all these wonderful. Uh, I sound like a senior citizen when like I young people, but they are. They're really they're young. I'm sort of senior citizen, I have another ten years I think, but um these fantastic, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people, Um and the message that they're sending, and and I feel really uh, blessed to be uh, a part of some creative, cool people. So thank you for your time, and and um, I hope you're staying warm, and I hope we'll all be wearing flip flops soon.
4: <laughs> I, I don't really wear flip flops normally. I have a foot thing. I don't. No one needs to see my feet. You
2: do. Oh, <laughs> no, not a oh. fetish. No, the opposite. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Want,
4: I'm like a, a footophobe. I don't want anyone foot feet. So we'll use we're a footophobe. Gonna, we're going to put it
2: in the urban di- dictionary. Uh, you know. Um, a a for you. are looking <laughs> that'll, that'll be great. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings. We'll talk to you.
4: Perfect. Thank you. Bye. Bye
1: bye. My thanks again to Lauren B. Martin for taking some time out to chat with me. Uh, we know that I love talking about soaps, but I also love talking about music, particularly the late '80s, early '90s, and R&B music in there. So that was a lot of fun for me. If you would like more information about Pride the Series, you can check out their Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com slash Pride the Series. You can also go to our Central Live archives and listen to the February 21st show that we did with the creators of Pride the Series and also one of the stars... Eileen Kristen. That episode is available in our archives completely for free, as are the 224 episodes that we put together before this one. So if you missed any part of today's show or would like to hear it again or want to listen to one of our past episodes, just go over to SoapCentralLive.com. Every episode is available on demand. You can download it, stream it. It's all completely free. You can also go to iTunes and download the podcast. Just search for Live. I need to go and start getting myself ready because I'm hosting the red carpet premiere of Pride, the series in New York next week. I'm very, very honored that I've been asked to go and interview people as they come down the red carpet. Got to get some shoes shined and maybe a spiffy new tie. But enough about that. I also want to make sure that I take time to thank this week's guest, in addition to Lauren B. Martin, Jade Harlow as well. It was a lot of fun. I hope that they'll both be back on the show in the future. And speaking of people coming on the show in the future, next week, Friday, April 18th, we have Brian Gaskell, who will be here to talk about some of his new projects, including something called... Stripping Shakespeare. Hopefully, that doesn't involve bards getting naked. That would, we're just not ready for that right here on the show at this time. I'm also working to get some of Brian's fellow Port Charles alum here on the show for a special hour. That's coming up next Friday, April 18th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, live on Soap Central Live. We are live each and every Friday on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. So, With that being said, I'm going to wrap it up, encourage you to tune in next week. We thank you and love you for your support. Next week, it is the continuing saga that we like to call Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.